Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the REI Network podcast. I'm actually back in my home office if you're watching me on YouTube, okay, or you may be listening on the podcast, but I'm home. Uh, we've just been on, been away for about four or five weeks in Michigan. Uh, we went into... Uh, to the lake house, family lake house. We, we can pull the RV just alongside the lake house. Uh, we stayed there for about three, three and a half weeks. And then we went up to the UP, which is the upper peninsula. I thought that was, uh, everyone knew that, but apparently not. That's actually, uh, you know, the, the Michigan language there. Uh, but yeah, another beautiful place. We did that, came back, just arrived back home a couple of days ago. And then we are heading over or down to Florida for a week. Um, on Tuesday. So a lot going on, a lot of travel. Um, that's why I, I love what I do and to be able to, you know, make money in real estate. And that's what this, this show is all about is trying to educate you, teach you, give you some action steps for you to take away and actually implement. All right. So again, please reach out. If you want to send me an email at support at reinetwork.com. If you have anyone that you want me to interview, if you want me to talk on any topics, teach on anything, happy to do so. So anything that you want or you'd like to hear, uh, please reach out. Also, if you're interested in working with me on a on a coaching level, also reach out as well. If you go to reinetwork.com slash join, or if you want to work with me one-to-one, -one, you can also email in. All right. Awesome. So let's get into what I want to talk about today, okay, which is about closing more deals by making more offers or having more options. Okay. Really, really important. And there's so many people that get into real estate and they want to do creative finance, right? You hear that term or you want, you hear about lease option, lease purchase or subject to or cash deals. And obviously I think it's easy to say like, well, I want to work on creative deals because I want passive income. I want to control property without owning it. And I want a rental coming in and and everyone's got all these different visions, but you have to pick where you want to learn and you need to understand not only where you want to learn and focus if you're new, but how are you going to position these different offers to actually make sense and actually work and get contracts? Okay. So if you're new watching this, I want you to start with one strategy at a time, right? Now, I like obviously wholesaling, starting with cash deals and then going into owner finance, especially if you're brand new to, to real estate. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't do lease options or owner finance if you are brand new. I'm not saying that, but I think it's an easier way to break in to keep it simple because on the creative side, you need to be more creative. You need to understand how to learn how to position your offers, position in the sales cycle. And I'm going to get into that and give you some examples. And that can be a little different. There's more moving parts in a creative deal. And also the word creative is because you can do it a hundred, probably a thousand different ways to make a deal work. And the idea is, is that you're solving problems. Okay. And you're making and creating a win-win situation for both parties or everyone involved. 
Okay, so let's run through a scenario of how we can make do more deals, close more deals by making more offers. Now, again, there's two ways to do this. And you've probably heard this from me before. If this is a cold lead, someone that's not really interested in anything, they're just like, whatever, you, you reached out, just make me an offer. You can put multiple offers on a page. You can pair offers up, meaning you can make a cash offer with a lease option, maybe a sandwich lease option, staying in the middle of the deal. Okay, and on a sandwich lease option, that's where you're gonna make money on the front. You're going to cash flow and you're going to make you're going to have equity on the back end when you sell it when you stay in the middle so you might want to put that offer together and then a third or fourth offer could be an assignment lease option or maybe an owner finance uh, or something like that so you can start to you know put offers together on the same piece of paper now obviously i just said that to a non-motivated seller these are all talking points guys so don't think you're going to make this offer and all of a sudden what if they accept it right you're talking to a non-motivated seller you're putting things on paper for your follow-up your your position everything you do in your business is leaning towards the follow-up as you go down the pipeline as the lead gets older right the older the lead the better the lead if you're following up you're waiting for situations to change and then you'll be able to lock up a potential create finance deal over a period of time by solving the seller's problem all right so let's say that i get on Maybe I've done a cold call, a text, a direct mail, a PPC, a Facebook. It doesn't matter. I get on with a seller and we're having a, a conversation. I understand that this gentleman has got a rental property and it is now vacant and he just wants to get rid of it, but he doesn't want to give it away. Okay. So that's kind of what he's saying up front. So I've got this vacant house of a property. Uh, tenants just left. I don't want to be a landlord anymore. I just want to, I just want to get rid of it, but I'm not giving it away. Right. That's what he says. So now we've got to put push on them four pillars in that sales cycle. And, and you can change the order of these, but you want to find obviously what the situation and motivation, what's going on, right? So we're going to aim questions around what's going on. We also want to aim questions regarding the, so number one is the, the situation motivation, right? And then these can go in different orders depending on the situation that you're in. Also the condition of the property, how much work, what does it need? Has it, when was the last time you have all the big items, the roof, last updated the kitchen and bathrooms, the AC unit, things like that, okay? You're gonna get the condition of the home and, and make sure you're making notes on that. Then you're gonna get a timeline. How quickly do they want something to happen? Okay, so I'm gonna aim questions around that. And then lastly, obviously the big one, which is the price. Now, what you're doing and when you get this information is you're going to have to then play with this information and going, is it time? Is it speed? Obviously, the faster, the, the less you're going to offer. The longer, the, the, if, if they have time, they're not in a rush, you could get them more money, right? So these are things that I'd be thinking as I gather this information. So this guy's already told us that he just wants to get rid of it, okay? He's a, he's a tired landlord, but he doesn't want to give it away. So I'm now going to aim again questions in them four pillars to get more information. So let's say this house rents for 1000 a month and he wants 140,000 and I'm probably going to make a cash offer of 60,000 okay so we might be way off right now right and but this is the situation what do you oh I think I want 140,000 so we start getting the condition and going through and obviously I gather my information I'd go away 
if you're new and you come back and present the offer. Now, in the positioning of this, because there is motivation there, but he wants a high price, this is actually typical. This is always going to happen, right? Well, they're showing motivation, but the price is really high. Yeah, he's, a, he's an ex-investor probably, right? With He's had a rental, so he's done some investing. He's been a landlord, so he's probably just testing the war. He just wants to try and get a high price to see if we buy. No problem. But we want to focus on really what the more the core problem is. So if you're building rapport, finding more about him, what is his interest, you know, things like that, you're finding out what really is the problem. Because the money is one thing. That we got to get to that core, that core thing that's going on. And he gave us an inkling that he doesn't what he wants to be done. But why does he want to be done? So I'd be saying things to him, well, why don't you just, you know, put, you know, maybe five, 10,000 in and then put another renter in. Why don't you do that, Mr. Oh, because of this, 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 this is why I don't. I'm older. I want to, whatever that situation is coming back at, I'm going to recycle this information and use, not back against him, but I'm going to be reiterating it back to him as we, as we go through this. Okay. So we're asking questions about the four pillars. We get back on the phone. We have an offer, and I want to offer him at sixty thousand. He wanted one forty. Now this is going to be a difficult conversation. Okay, you're probably thinking he's never going to take it, and he probably isn't, or he might not. But again, let's not assume. Let's go into the conversation. So what I would do in this, let's say his name is David. Hey David, how you doing? It's Gavin. We, we talked yesterday, or we talked earlier today. I've run the numbers, and uh, you know you wanted one forty, and I know you want to sell this thing, and you want to be done with it. But I just, I'm going to be honest, I just can't get anywhere near one forty. It's just, it's just not going to work. And then silence. I want a reaction. What's he going to say? Just think about if I said that to you. What are you going to say? Well, what, it, what will you pay? No, no, it's going to be way less than what you want. It's, it's just not going to work. Um, so I think we're done, but I didn't want to just not call you back. I just wanted to, you know, let you know that my offer is going to be a lot lower and I just can't make this work for you. Again, silent. Now, if, if you're like me, there's no way if that was me, I'd be letting you off that phone without knowing what that number was. So what I've done in this scenario is I've actually positioned that it's low and it is going to be lower and it's not going to work. And I've said all of these things because I'm prepping him for me giving him the price. So when he says, no, well, you know, just tell me, I understand, I know it needs work, and but I've got to get rid of this thing. What will you pay? And I'll say, well, look, you know, like I said, it's low. I'm going to be around that you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollar mark for the money that needs to go in and the condition. That that's kind of where I'm gonna I'm gonna be at, uh, Dave. And he might say he's gonna he's gonna could react in multiple ways. Wow, really that low? It could be a calm. It could be that's ridiculous. That's a joke. And if you get that, you immediately immediately interrupt him and say, Hold on, Dave. I told you it was going to be low. That's why I didn't even want to give you the offer because. You've already positioned. Then it will calm him down again to say, oh, okay, no, I understand. I just can't believe it. You know, I need more than that. So then my next move is very, very simple. I say, Dave, okay, no, I understand. How close are we? How close can you get to my number? Now I want to see how much he's going to drop. He might say, I'm not taking any less than 100,000. Okay. So straight away, I've dropped 40 grand. So here we go. We're moving. So he's like, I'm not taking any less than 100,000. Okay. So now I have a new benchmark. And I'll explain. I didn't go into creative finance yet because I positioned ahead of it. How close are we? What would you come down to? I needed a big jump before I go into creative finance. Okay. Because watch what's going to happen next. So he says, I'm not taking any less than 100 grand. So we just lowered $40,000. Okay. In this negotiation. And I still can't make it work. Right. I need it at 60,000. I'm going to wholesale it for 70 to a cash buyer. 
and that's all I've got. That's that's all the tools I have right now. So that's when then I'm gonna now position the creative finance. Now again, if you're new, you can position this, get off the phone, give yourself time to prepare and get back on the phone, right? So your next move is we've positioned the price, gone low. He's now counted. I've said how close can we get? How close are we? How close can you come to my offer? He drops to 100 and says, I'm not going any lower than that. Now we lost we lost 40. That's where we're at. So then I say, okay, Dave, look, well, look, I understand you want 100,000. I just can't make it work. But let me ask you this. If we did something on terms, okay, if we did some kind of terms and made some payments to you, something like that, and we could get you closer to 100,000, what would you think? What would you think about that? Now, that is my initial into creative. I never said lease option, lease purchase, creative finance, sub two. I just said terms. If we were in some kind of terms, very general, made some kind of payments to you, monthly payments, and we, we could get closer to your price, what would you think about then? Now he's going to potentially say no, and I can dig a little further. Well, you know, why? I go back to the why again. If he says no at that point, no, I don't want to do that. Well, why? Well, I just want to get rid of it. Well, let me ask you this, Dave. If I could control the property so you haven't got to deal with it, and we did it on, like I said, some kind of terms where I can control it all, you haven't got a headache and I'm just paying you a check every month, and then we get you, you know, like some kind of other payment down the line. I need to look at the numbers, Dave, but I'm just saying, you know, if we did something like that, because remember, his why was he doesn't want to deal with it. So if I take control and I deal with everything and get him some money to get him to his amount, what do you think about that, Dave? Now he might say, mm, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, what are you thinking? How much? How does this work? Now, if you're newer, again, this is where you can go, well, look, I can't just, you know, I I, I was I not looked at numbers for, for something like that. Let me get off the phone. Let me run some numbers and I'll get back on the phone. How about we talk again tomorrow or next time? Now, this gives you now time to come and prep your offer in terms of how you're going to do it. Now, are you going to, and we understand in this that he doesn't want, he doesn't want to cash off for that low. He wants to sell it and he doesn't want to deal with it. So we've got to be careful now with the offers that we're making to make sure that we stay on track to still solve his problem. So obviously an, an assignment lease option is not solving the problem because he still has to deal with it. So we're looking at a sandwich lease option, a sub two, if he has a mortgage or a creative finance. Now, let's just say this is free and clear, right? Obviously based on this uh, situation. And again, you can you can play your own there. Oh, he has 40,000 left. And that's where you might use a sub two or an owner finance. Again, depending on what you know and how creative you can get. But when you start to learn these strategies, this is how you need to implement them in the sales cycle because everything that we do is about positioning, all right? So if there's one thing I want you to take from this call, and, and we're going to keep going here, but the four pillars, okay, understanding the situation, getting the, gathering the information, and no one closes on the first phone call. Do not listen to that, okay? I've probably closed two deals ever in the first phone call, and that was years ago. Right now, real estate's hot. It's about building relationships, and you've got to set up for multiple calls. So do not take no for an answer on the first phone call. Just like when, when we just did that role play and we said, 
we offered the 60,000, 100, and said, well, would you do any terms? And he said, no. A lot of you would just go, oh, okay, no worries. Well, we can't help you then, Dave. I want to know why he said no. That is the difference between a closer and someone that's just going to give in. Is because he's saying no. No to what? No to terms. Why? Because I don't want to deal with a property. Well, I can still do terms, and I can deal with a property. You see what I'm saying? So you've got to go that extra uh, extra step to get that. So anyway, so he's now intrigued a little more. We're still not anywhere near a deal. I'm going to get off. I'm going to come back. And I'm going to present the options. Now, let's say, again, we said this was free and clear. So maybe I am going to offer an owner finance. Okay. Now, also in the positioning, in the sales cycle, you can actually over talk, over explain and actually make the deal fail because you can't stop talking. So what do I mean by that? I mean, using terms of money down. How much, Mr. Seller, do you want down? What interest rate will you give me? All of these things. Oh, do you, will you give it three years and then a boom payment? Right. All of these things that you're coming out with, he's not even asked you. So why are you coming out with them things? Because guess what? Oh, yeah, I do want a down payment. I thought about that. Actually, I do want an interest rate and not thought about that either. So you're now creating your deal is getting worse because the questions that you're asking. OK, now you're not hiding anything. I'm not asking you to lie, but I'm asking you to not come up with things that's going to help hurt you in the negotiation. OK, so when I get back on with with Dave, I'm going to say, all right, Dave, well, look, I've looked at the numbers. I want to take control of, you know, of this property. And uh, what if we did kind of some owner financing? OK, and I can give you, let's say, and I'm going to go in with with the, the best terms for me for the negotiation to see how he reacts. OK, I might say, what if I paid you like five, five hundred bucks? for the next, you know, until the until I paid it off. Now it's 100 grand, he's probably not going to go with that. So maybe I'm going to say, I'm going to pay you 500 bucks uh, for the next 15 years. And then and then I'll I'll do a bloom payment after 15 years and pay and then the remaining balance I'll pay off in full. How does that how does that work? So I've not asked for money down. I've not mentioned interest rates. I did a bloom payment because I'm not going to say I'll pay you 500 a month if he's an older guy for 100 grand because that's going to take like however many years that is. Maybe it ain't that many. Maybe I should have looked up and calculated. Let's see. That's like 16 years. So I could have done. So maybe let's jump back. Maybe I say, hey, I'll pay you $500 until I pay the house off. I'll take control. Then your cash flow and you can have less taxes, things like that. Oh, no, I'm not, I don't want to do that. No, I'm not. I, I want to. I don't mind doing some terms, but I'm not doing it for, for that long. OK, well, how long are you thinking? And then the negotiation starts again. Still no down payment. Still no interest. OK, or, or whatever. Right. And this could be a lease option. I'm just giving you examples here of how the things that you need to think about when you're going into these negotiations to actually close more deals. So I might be leaning on this to a 10 year with a bloom payment, maybe going up to 600 bucks a month, maybe giving a bit down, maybe giving a bit of interest if I need to as this negotiation goes on. To, but again, the whole goal is, am I solving his problem? His problem right now is he doesn't want to deal with a property and he wants 100 grand. So I can give you, Dave, 100 grand. I'm going to pay you $500 a month. And in 10 years, what the remaining balance is, I'm going to pay off in full. 
How does that sound? And that would be now my new offer. And then we would tweak and take the changes and the objections to, well, what if this and what if that and what if the other, what if the tenants mess it up? Well, I'll pay for that. I'll fix it up. All you need to know, David, is that you're acting as the bank pretty much. You're just holding this. Okay, you're acting as the bank and I'm going to make payments on it. And again, we could have done a sandwich lease option, right, where you stay in the middle of the deal and, and got him paid out over three years if you wanted or seven or, or whatever. But what you're seeing in this is the actual positioning and understanding how you can actually use your offers, okay, by this scenario of the positioning, not over-talking to actually get deals done. And remember, especially on creative and on cash, you're going to do more, more than one phone call. You're going to do it over a pipeline, a period of time. We have creative deals right now that we've been talking with people for eight, nine weeks, just recent ones. And we'll still lock things up from months and months ago. And that's the same with cash. On average, our cash deals are probably three to four months on average of close. So I'm not saying we don't get one in the first week. I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about your whole business. The likelihood is, is that you're not going to be doing five deals a month every single month from brand new marketing from one or two conversations. It's not going to happen. Not in today's market or markets. And I don't care where you're at. It's just not unless you're pumping out a lot of marketing. And if you say to me, Gavin, I actually do five deals a month from new marketing. I'll say, well, you need to be doing, you should be doing 20 deals a month then. Okay. From follow-up because you'll always do more deals from follow-up than you will on the initial leads. That's why prepping the whole system, the pipeline, everything is so, so important to get this down. Okay. But Hopefully this helps. Okay. So remember, no over talking. Don't bring up, especially with your lease options, your credit funds, the money, your interests and your money down. And you're just asking for, for a harder time. Deal with it when it comes up. I've just had a client, Terry, we were talking to. He's just got a hundred, basically principal only, 0% interest until it's paid off, like an amazing deal, cash flowing like I think 600 a month or something. Just a, a crazy great deal, but just solving the, the, the seller's problem. He just didn't want to pay all the taxes, so they wanted to do it you know, over a period of time and solve the problem with the seller. The seller was happy, he's happy, everyone's happy, and it works. And that's what you've got to understand, right? The, the sales cycle is not per persuasion. It is to some degree. It is your persuading, but it's also your positioning and, and allowing them to understand why they're making the decisions they're making. Because guess what? 9% of your sellers, guys, when they say no, they're saying no because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what, what, what they're saying no to. And test it. When they need to go down, what? I'll give you a quick, I wanna, I wanna, I'll end this. I don't want to go too long. But let's say in a lease option, when someone says to me, let's say it's uh, this leads a sell by owner, right? I call, it's price negotiable, blah, blah, no. Would you be interested in renting it? Yeah, possibly. Or I say, what are you going to do if it doesn't sell? Rent it. Right. Well, you'll do a lease option in my mind now. Right. I'm very confident in that. If I get you're trying to sell it. If it doesn't sell, you want to rent it. Why wouldn't you do a lease option? So and then when I position that lease option and they're going to go, no, I don't want to do that. Well, I thought you wanted to rent it. Well, yeah, I do. So are they saying no because they don't understand what the, the, the lease option is? Okay. And I don't even use a lot of the time the word lease option. I will say, you know, what if I paid you rent and then bought it for X? I don't use the word lease option. What is that? Or lease purchase, right? I try and keep it. I dumb it down so I can have an, a conversation to the, to the, mass, the mass public 
about like everyone understands i'm going to make payments of this and i'm going to have a, an option to buy for that i don't need to say it's a lease option i just keep it simple right in that so anyway hopefully this helps i appreciate it good episode today hopefully you got some takeaways remember like and subscribe if you can make sure you go to rei network podcast rei network with gavin timms give me a review if you can make sure you uh, make sure you subscribe also on my youtube channel as well drop me a like if you got something from this if you're interested in working with me you can reach out to support rei network or go to rinetwork.com slash join one-to-one though if you want to do that hit me up on on my email we'll have a conversation if not stay tuned for the next video for the next guests we're going to keep bringing value we have coffee with closers live every wednesday as well so you should check us out on that that's a lot of fun and uh, i'll see you on the next one all right guys thank you have a good one bye bye